When I take a piss in a public urinal, I like to wait until the flow of my pee dies down, and then I aim vigorously towards the white uh, cake things there so that I can splash as much blue shit as possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going... Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is going to be about one thing. Uh oh. What is it? A Mike Judge film. Office space. Ladies and gentlemen, today's episode is a celebration of the 1999 cult classic. Beyond cult classic, I would say these days. Office space. Yes, indeed, writer and director Mike Judge, a fellow Texan, uh, featuring, starring... Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Naga. Not going to work here anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> dude, your mic is loud as shit, dude. That's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. No, man. that's okay. Coming in hot? Ah, fuck it, dude. Coming Life's in a little hot Hey, there. man. Hey, Fiddler. Oh, yeah, dude. Fiddler. Life's a risk. So fuck it. Forget it, Dad. Life's a reality. Um, Folks... This movie, uh, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. Um, I think it was one of those, like, you know, a friend tells you. Someone cool tells you. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like, uh, you you hear about it from a cool, like, like somebody who's, like, in. Um, I, you know, maybe someone like Don Carpenter, uh-huh. who we've mentioned on the show before. Who, Don Carpenter was like, okay, so check it out. Our, our high school... Every high school has the hierarchy, you know, of cool ass motherfuckers and some lame bitch ass Joes. And uh Don Don was like was was he the prom king? I think no, he was. I don't know. I was, I was gone by that time. I, I graduated he, I, before. I'm pretty sure he was the prom king. But here's the thing about Don. He didn't play football. He was on the he was in band. He was he played in, trombone. Yeah, he's a trombone player in the band, but he was so fucking cool. Uh-huh. Like just such an original. I remember I remember like people getting excited to see what shirts he would wear cuz he would go to Goodwill and I remember he he came to school once with a black shirt that had writing on it said I'm a great dad because I've got great kids. <laughs> and you know just some super ironic hipster shit but but it, that was before it was stupid. And he didn't do it in an annoying way. Um, he, I remember he, one time he had this. Uh, well, actually, I think he got it from from the the theater costume department. He wasn't in theater, but uh, yeah, I wasn't. Some other people and he yeah. was hanging around one time and and saw this like gnarly, uh, putrid colored green blazer. Yeah. And like he he wore it around for a few days, but uh, Miss Patton made him give it back. <laughs> the, the the theater teacher. 
because you know it was one of her costumes yeah. it was like from her costume <laughs> box <laughs> dude see that's the cool ass shit that don would do and he was so like quiet and kind of soft-spoken but very cool and he was super attractive dude the women loved him he was in cross country his mm. abs were protruding uh, out of his out of his belly they were poking out like like little smooth eggs all perfectly <laughs> there on his um, abdomen i think he, he legit uh, might be into this guy mike yeah, no, I'm into Don. <laughs> I'm into I'm into some Don Carp. Now, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he drove that white Cadillac. Remember that old okay. white beat up Cadillac? All right, before we get too far into it, because yeah. this relates okay. to our topic tonight. Right. Yeah. Um, I would like to go ahead and welcome you to my show. This is ladies Adam and Jones. Ladies, I'm the host ladies of and gentlemen, Ladies what? and gentlemen, welcome to the 90s music podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam, shut your fucking mouth. Mike, we're, we're right trying to get rolling here. Now. We're trying to get rolling right here, Mike. Fucking you're, you're interrupting now. the ladies flow and gentlemen, of the podcast. Shut your fucking ears whenever Adam talks. Open them when I speak. <laughs> welcome to 1990 what? A podcast about the fucking 90s. I am your host. Michael Joseph, and across from me is my co-host, I've already Adam fucking Michael. Adam Michael, <coughs> my co-host. All right, now we can begin this motherfucker. So we're talking about Office Space. We're talking about Don Carpenter. Now, Office Space is a great fucking movie. It is. It's really fucking funny, and it deals with the mundane world of working as an IT software engineer kind of person in in an office it also deals with the mundane day-to-day of being a server at a restaurant oh holy shit jennifer aniston storyline and i had a bad day at work today too like did you uh did you want to pull a jennifer aniston and flip your boss off no i i know i would never want to flip my boss off she's fucking uh she's great um I, i i uh yeah. Uh, well, what am I fucking? Maybe some say? customers or something. Though. No, like, not even that. It wasn't anyone's fault. But I just you wanted to flip yourself off. In the sometimes, mirror. yeah. Be like, dude, get it together, Mike. Come on now. Um, no, I hate being a server. I've I've mentioned that yeah. too to the uh, to the Supremos that I'm tired of doing that. I would I would prefer to work elsewhere in the restaurant and i feel like i feel like my words are, are a little bit futile right now like they're 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 kind of falling on deaf ears and uh. i'm a little concerned about that i'm, I'm deeply concerned oh, no. um and but i'll let them know and i think that it will be handled respectfully and professionally and um uh yeah because because they're good good people well um for me office space is a movie that has um gained more meaning over time because i kind of do work and in a uh, office kind of environment and have for uh, the last, what, seven years or so. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the place I work right now, I don't have anybody who's like, you know, the uh, the droning, uh, just horrible boss. Bill Lumberg. I don't have a Lumberg. Lumberg. Um, but I have had in the past, and um, I've had people... You know, I've been at a job where where people have been hired as as managers for my department, and they have been just the worst. And um, you know, things similar to yeah, like Peter's issue with TPS reports. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even at my my job, which I love a lot, I I uh, work as a 
full-time graphic designer. And even just today, there was something sort of in that realm where it's like, hey, remember how we were going to do this? And we just kind of stopped doing it. Well, yeah, we're going to do it again. And, uh, you know, just little things like that make you think back to yeah, to Peter's issues with, did he get that memo? Dude, I have a problem with one of the aspects of my job that's kind of like that, but maybe not really. Uh-huh. Now, whenever food is ready on a plate, they put it out onto the line, at which point somebody on the line yells, uh, hands out. And you're supposed to yell, hands heard, and then go take the fucking food out. Now, if you don't say it, people get very upset. Now, I understand it's a part of the system, but I think the system is fucking stupid. Mm. Um, the pl- the cost to build the restaurant was an exuberant amount of money. I don't understand why they did not uh, feel the need to like maybe some hang sort a of couple electronic of... electronic system or, or ha- no, Well, or no, something. to hang a couple of fucking heat lamps so it's not oh. such a goddamn issue. There's no heat lamps There's on no the... There's no heat uh, lamps, oh, no. On so, the Expo now, line? N- now, that's never a problem. We've never... I mean, it's extremely rare that we that we give cold food. We, we, honestly, the system, it does work. It works. I just don't like it. I'm just kind of being a bitch. Um, but... Well, that's it, your nature. So. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Like you can't hang a couple heat lamps down. And the the worst part is is when you're putting in an order in the computer and they call it, they expect you to delete your order, which I understand. I had to do that today, and it, and it honestly actually wasn't a problem. Uh-huh. But I can see where uh, that would be, and it just the uh, it, I think it. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not well studied on this particular uh, company's policies. Uh, perhaps I'm extremely ignorant of. The reason why it works, it's very likely that that is the case. But uh, as of now, yeah, that sucks. That's something I'm totally, uh, I don't like it. I don't fucking like it. Makes me angry. So we all have kind of workplace drudgery, things that are just kind of like head scratchers about our jobs. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, write us in with your workplace nuisances. What makes you? What makes you tick? What makes you... Peter, Peter Givens. Yes. What makes you Peter? What makes Givens? you Milton Wadams? Milton Wadams. What What <laughs> makes you this? Who are your Bill Lumbergs? Let's go no. ahead and uh, give some information on this movie. Absolutely. So this is a 1999 American comedy film, as we said, written and directed by Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill, as well as the new. Silicon Valley. This movie just had its 20th birthday. Wow. It came out February 19th, 1999. It is a very tight 89 minutes long. It had a $10 million budget, brought in $12.2 million, So, you know, made a little money, but, you know. Um, And it wasn't a huge success when it came out, but it got a lot of... DVD sales and uh, Mike, uh, you said you don't remember the first time you saw Office Space. I don't really remember, but and I don't remember who introduced me to it. The first time I saw it was in theater. Um, you know, sometimes when we didn't have a play coming up and we weren't doing a bunch of rehearsals to get ready for it, 
um, Miss Patton would let us put in movies, the yeah. aforementioned Miss Patton. And uh, one time this kid named Ollie brought in office space, popped it in, and um, from the uh, the first scene where um, they're all driving to work and listening to gangster rap. <laughs> <laughs> In yes. their in their shirts and ties, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> turning down the radio when mm-hmm. black people walk close to their car. I know, and you know that's so weird. It's like, dude, <laughs> you can you can listen to that too. You can, but yeah, they portrayed that as kind of like the uh, white collar people, you know, being a little kind of nervous about partaking in the urban stylings of uh. music. Yes, the urban stylings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to that um, that uh, song. Yeah. So we already heard Mambo Number 8. And if you're a white guy, turn this song up. Go ahead. Sing along to it. No Fear. Don't have any fears about this. No Fear and No Tears by Scarface. Here we go. As I said, we already heard Mambo Number 8 by Perez Prado. Man, this guy grew up in a really tumultuous neighborhood. You think he really did, or is he just front? I bet he fronting. This motherfucker fronting as hell. Bitch, you fronting. Damn, man, that many? Shit. <laughs> This is when he turns it down. This is when he turns the music down. And then he turns it up right here. <laughs> so to this point, you know, I hadn't heard any any rap this hardcore in my, hardcore in my whole shit. life, I don't think. Yeah, man, the 90s was full of some real evil shit. <laughs> From the uh, the ghetto. From the ghetto. So there was a, a lot of mistreatment going on in the ghetto, and, and these uh, these people decided to express themselves in a verbal uh, cascade of... Uh, Violent lyrics? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I gotta be honest, I thought that that song was pretty dope as fuck. I liked it. 
Yes, that was, uh, again, that was Scarface with No Tears. That's cool, man. You can, you can take the name of a movie and call yourself that. That's okay. No Tears? What, what's the movie No Tears? Oh, Scarface. The movie. Yeah. Oh. Are you serious, I, I was a little Did backwards you? there. I thought you meant the name of his song was the name of a movie. But I've heard of the movie Scarface. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm aware of it. Oh, yeah. I'm not that sheltered. <laughs> um... Yes. That's okay, dude. So, yeah, Michael Bolton. Michael uh, Bolton who, was who into it. Who plays that guy? I don't know. I don't know his name. I feel like he's got the name Herman. <sighs> I don't think that's his name. Well, I'll just have to look him up. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's singing along to that song, and then this guy comes walking past his car. Because, you know, they're they're in, like, gridlock. Yeah, stop gr- yeah, dead yeah. traffic. Yeah, they're not moving at all. And uh, there's a great, you know, it seems what happens to Peter Gibbons mm-hmm. always happens to me. You change lanes because the other one's moving. As uh-huh. soon as you change, stop. And then the other lane begins to move. And the whole time he's watching this old man on a walker who's wa- uh, walking. And he sees him past his car. Oh, yeah. And, and the then after a while, he sees that the old man is so much further ahead yeah, of him. The old man with the walker just blows past him. <laughs> just leaves him eating his dust. And I was right. Michael Bolton is played by David Herman. David Herman. Yes. Nice. And I believe he was on uh, Mad TV. Do you remember Mad TV? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a... I do... Well, no, I, I didn't really ever watch it. No? No, I didn't. Oh, I did. I uh, I remember watching Mad TV. You know, there was, there was a time in the late 90s, early 2000s where I was uh, big into Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. You know, watched it every week, and uh, Mad TV would come on like just before it, I think, or something like that. Yeah, and I'd watch both. You know. Yeah. What What did you prefer? Oh, uh, always preferred Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, they had better, better cast and just more quality stuff. But Mad TV was zany and off the wall, like to a different, yeah, to a different level. Yeah. So, Mike, what are some of your earliest memories of the movie Office Space? Uh, aside from the traffic at the beginning, you know, Nadia Naga Naga Naga. I don't know his real name, but in the where he like is, you know, you know, fist slamming the. Oh yeah. The the, the steering the wheel. Steering wheel. <laughs> he's Samir is his first name. Uh, Samir, that's right. Yeah, Samir. Um, and uh, probably. Oh man, where 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 Peter Peter's about to walk into the front door uh-huh. of the office, like, and and he stops. He pauses. And he pauses and he looks at the uh, at he the door. Glares. Hand. Down glaring door. down at the door yes. handle, just like oh for, and, and we don't really know yet why <laughs> have no idea any any and he reaches his hand out and <laughs> zaps the fuck out of his hand so now we get an you idea can of see like, the Shit. arc there's an arc from the doorknob to his finger yeah it shocks him <laughs> and it's like we see like oh he deals with that every day and then we and we, we start to think I, I at least i thought like dude just fucking grab it grab that handle but yeah. maybe maybe that doesn't oh, work. It'd be so much maybe, better if you just reach reach yeah. around, grab the whole thing instead of t- 
timidly. Yeah. Reaching your fingertip out. You you, you would think like, dude, why are you doing that? Directly to your fingertip. Everybody that anyone who approached the door, anyone who reached out, that is going to get fucking shocked. Everyone that does that. You're the only one that gets shocked, Peter, because you're the only one that stops and just fucking stares at it. Mm-hmm. And then you reach your hand in there like, oh, is this lion? Let me see if he bites my fucking hand. Of course he's gonna, you stupid fuck. Yes, and you know what? I think this might speak to Peter's problems at large, you know? He, he kind of brings that torment and torture, which Absolutely. is made worse by his hesitation yeah. and uh, complete awareness of the situation. Yes. He brings it upon himself. I, I believe so. And, you know, he's he's working it in a tech. He, he's constantly bemoaning his state, working it in a tech. Yeah. This evil corporation where he mm-hmm. has eight bosses who drone on about mission statements and TPS reports. So he probably got a degree in, like, computer science mm-hmm. or something. Exactly. So I was like, Dude, you, really? That's a pretty diverse degree. And uh, he should be able to get a job somewhere it, else. It does... It does do a good job of making it look like it's hard to get out because um you know orlando jones comes to the door later on in the movie and Mm -hmm. eventually reveals that he's there as a magazine salesman but he eventually reveals that he has um been laid off from one of their competitors Mm -hmm. one of inatech's competitors and inatrode yes inatrode any peter later calls it penetrode um, and yeah, so it, it, it shows that, you know, there's, there's a kind of excess of software engineers and not enough mm-hmm. jobs for him. And so Peter feels very stuck at, in a tech, but he, he's not doing a lot to, to better his situation or get out of it. Yeah. Well, you got to think they're probably <clears throat> getting paid a decent amount, just enough to make you feel. Yeah. Yeah. They don't seem, um, hard up, you know, they, they seem yeah, like they've got all the money they need. You know, even Michael Bolton says, "I've got a good job." When uh, when Peter asks him what's to stop him from uh, advancing the plot, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's just a problem that people deal with. I think everybody deals with. Uh, you know, I always feel like um, one of the things that can solve a lot of those problems is a hobby or something on the side that you do. Right, right. Uh, I understand that a lot of people in the restaurant business that you know that you know I've I've worked in. I haven't actually been in the restaurant business that long, honestly. It's only been about three or three or four years. Uh, most people have been in it way longer than me. Um, but I but I see such a a, a very um, kind of it's the same thing with a lot of people they're very unsatisfied and they come to work and they complain about it i often hear i often hear the words just my luck or oh it's going to be one of those days and it, it, it's almost as like they, they're giving themselves up to the will of the chaos of the universe rather than the possibility of grace and I think that the reason why the the mindset goes that way is because they don't have anything else. You've got to have something else in your life to look forward to. Adam's telling me to wrap up all no, this no, stupid no. shit. No, no, no. I'm telling you to keep going. Oh, that's keep, going. keep going. Oh, that's the keep going. Oh, shit. Okay, well, he's unprepared, so I'm going to keep going. I'm just kidding. Adam is never unprepared. He's the shit. And this song is what you need, folks. So, 
Peter, this uh, this first day at work, you know, he comes in, people are hassling him about TPS reports. Yeah, bullshit, bu- work bullshit. Then he goes to talk to like his two only friends at work, Michael and Samir. Yeah, and uh, he's like, guys, I gotta get out of here. The day has just started. He got there late because of traffic. Came in through the side door so his boss wouldn't see him. And uh, within minutes, wants to go take a break. So he gets Michael and Samir, and they go to Tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. They, uh, they talk about working at Inatech and why it sucks. And uh, they, they stare at Jennifer Aniston, a waitress yep. at Tchotchkes. And uh, they talk about Peter's girlfriend, who everybody agrees is probably cheating on him. Yeah. And uh, Peter tells them that at the end of the week, she's taking him to a hypnotherapist. Mm, yeah. And uh, to help him with his um, miserable state at yeah. his job. Absolutely. So, uh, what happens at said hypnotherapist, Mike? So check it out. Um, this guy... Is, you know, asking Peter why his life is so terrible. And he, and he, and Peter explains it. And, and he says every single day has just been worse than the next. So every day, every day that you see me, that's on the worst day of my life. And then the therapist says, what about today, Peter? Is today the worst day of your life? And without hesitation, Peter responds, yeah. He goes, Oh, that's messed up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Peter asks him, is there something you could do? Is there a way that you could, like, knock me out to where, you know, instead of when I come home, and, you know, I could feel like I've been fishing all day instead of, you know, being at work? And he said, well, that's not really what I do. So what he, what he basically does is uh, he tells Peter he's going to hypnotize him. And uh, put him in a really great state. And then when he, uh, or when he's going to count back to three or ten, what was the number? Yeah, like I think from it was three, three to one, I think. Yeah, three. To, he's going to count from three to one. And when he gets to one, Peter will be in a state of just bliss. And then he's going to stay there until he, until the therapist. Uh, claps his hands. So he counts back to one. As he's counting back, Peter's looking really dazed and very drowsy. And once the therapist says one, he has a heart attack and fucking dies. Well, here's the thing. He never clapped. So Peter is stuck in this state of just feeling incredibly great. So the next day, he wakes up his alarm goes off. He hits it. Oh yeah, he was supposed to go in on a Saturday. Yeah, he was supposed. To, it was to, the next day was a Saturday, and he's supposed to go in. And uh, he tried to avoid this. By the way, he tried to turn his computer off, shut everything down. Oh, that's a great work. scene. Yep. And he looks around. He's looking around for the boss. He doesn't see the boss. His smile. And his yes. computer isn't going yep. fast enough. Yep. And- yeah, and then so he turns around to leave his cubicle. Boom! Bill Lumber right in his fucking face. Yeah, Peter. How you doing, Peter? How's it going, Peter? And uh, drops the hammer. Yep. And he needed to work Saturday. And then starts to walk away. Oh, by the way, I'm going to go ahead and need you to come in on Sunday, too. Yeah. So he does not get any weekend at all. 
And before this, his next door neighbor asked him to go fishing, which Peter loves to do, and was totally going to try and do that. But now he is seen, seeing that he can't do it. Oh, Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence. His next door neighbor. Yeah, and, and they can, like, fucking hear each other through the walls. It's pretty cool. What a wonderful friendship they yeah, share. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so, that guy's great. Yeah. So Peter wakes up Saturday morning, 8.30 or 8 o'clock, hits the buzzer, goes right back to bed. He gets several phone calls, several messages, nothing. 3 o'clock in the fucking p.m., finally Peter gets out of bed. He fucking gets a phone call, answers it. It's his girlfriend. She's like, Peter, where are you? You're fucking, you're supposed to be at work. Where have you been? And he just said, I didn't feel like it. And she's like, what? What's getting into you? And he hangs up on her. He just hangs up on her. She calls back. It goes straight to the voicemail machine. She's like, look, you son of a bitch. Nobody hangs up on me. Oh, by the way, I've been cheating on you. Oh, it's so so it's true. She's out of the picture. Out of the picture. Does Peter give a shit? No. no, not at all. No, he doesn't give he a shit. He could not care he less. He doesn't give a shit. So what does he do? He gets up, he gets dressed, puts on a flannel shirt, goes right over to Tchotchke's, and he approaches that beautiful waitress he's been staring at and says, hey, you know what? I, 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 I want to take you to lunch. And um, they she go is to... Like, it's, she's so great in that scene, too. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. like so... Uh, stressed, you can tell. He like comes up to her and says, "At the hostess stand, ask her what she's doing for lunch." And she's like, uh, "She starts explaining the specials." And she's like, "It's on the board right there." And she rushes off like with a handful of menus yeah, to yeah. go do something else. And uh, the annoying waiter steps in front of Peter. He grabs both of his shoulders and <laughs> moves him out of the way. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and goes oh, to talk to Jennifer dude. Aniston again. Uh, I don't even. What's her? I, I just watched the movie um, and I don't remember her character's name. Oh, uh, shit. It's uh, not important. She's Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, it's Jennifer Aniston. And uh, so she eventually agrees and uh, comes over and meets him at... Flingers. Oh, he like, doesn't spend a lot of time trying to convince her. He just lays it out. He's like, okay, I'm going to go next door and uh, I'll have a table. You can come decide to join me or not. And she's like... Uh, by next door, do you mean chilies or flingers? Flingers. He said flingers because they couldn't go into a chilies. Yeah, who wants to go to chilies? You don't. You want to see chilies in your movie, dude? Chili sucks, man. Fuck chilies. And so uh, she goes over there, and um, yeah, they they have a good lunch. He wants they to do. take her to dinner. He wants to have her come over and watch Kung Fu Kung on Channel Thirty Nine. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She's yeah. way into Kung Fu. I love Kung Fu. And it plays like the the, the little Kung Fu movie kind of music, just Uh, barely underneath. Yeah, and then they kiss. And so uh, there's this great scene, like montage, where this song that we've been playing on a loop by the Ghetto Boys, Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta, plays underneath where Peter, he, uh, he comes into work, he takes the doorknob off, the mm-hmm. doorknob that has been tormenting him with the static shock. Yeah. He rips down the Is It Good for the Company banner. Yeah. And uh, guts a fish at his desk. <laughs> Throws the guts on a stack of TPS cover sheets. Fuck yeah, dude. And this is, an, ladies and gentlemen, l- let me tell you something. It's, I'm not, I'm not trying to sell irresponsibility, but 
you got to give yourselves a mental break sometimes. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just got to not give a fuck. You, you have to understand the injustice that's being done to you sometimes and rebel. You have to. Are you a human being? Yes, we are, Michael. You're the host of the show. Yes, we're human beings. Kind of host well, of the cool. show, Michael. Well, great. Well, as the host, I'm telling you right now to fucking look out for your mental state. And if you have to rebel a little bit, just do it in secret. Steal something. Steal something well, where no one uh, sees it. Hey, t- take a flask to work. Don't mm. get fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. Don't get drunk. But take a swig. Ooh. Maybe every three hours, take a little swig. Ease that shit. Can it Come be a on, flask because, of club soda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever you want. Um, but folks, come on. I mean, fuck it, man. Live your fucking life. Hey, and if you're worried about money, cut your expenses. Make it to where you don't need any of these motherfuckers. Escape it, cause you you can, you can. You know, you know. Make the sacrifices you need to be healthy and happy. That's the point. So, man, yeah, go to work. Y'all, go to work tomorrow and just be like, fuck it. Be nice to people. Be respectful of your boss. Just steal some. Steal a pen. Steal a stapler, maybe. Steal a, uh, steal a roll of tape. Steal, steal someone's fucking coffee and drink it. Steal someone's lunch. That'd really piss someone off. Eat their fucking lunch. Yeah? Dude, are you an anarchist? Yeah, do that shit. Hey, Gosh. hey! Put decaf in the coffee, but then take your own regular coffee. Now that's watch evil. What that is, dude. That's a I just want to point out how did you? You probably didn't even notice this song looping there, but it, it loops perfectly when it's on repeat. Oh, cool! This is a yeah. Anyway, the Ghetto Boys. Damn, it feels good. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. he takes Lumberg's parking space. Yeah. His Porsche gets towed because he parks the handicap. It's <laughs> great. Punk ass motherfucker. So the uh, the main um, storyline going on here is that Inatech has brought in some consultants, mm. and uh, that first day it shows Peter at work. Um, when they're on their way back from skipping out on the morning by going to tchotchkes for coffee they're walking through this this uh this guy runs up to him and they're like oh it's wakowski oh yeah and he's all uh in a panic because he got a memo mm-hmm. that they were having a meeting a staff meeting where they're introducing these consultants mm-hmm. and uh he's all worried about losing his job and um there's this great shot where they're they're walking through this grass ditch that you, you know they had to walk through to get two tchotchkes, and now they're walking back through it, and none of them say a word about it. They just all walk through it together, and it, like, pulls out, and you, you see them walk through this whole thing, and it's just like, man, like, okay, when I used to work at the Irving Mall, I would I would kind of do something similar when I would uh, go to lunch because I would go out into the parking lot, and there was this, like, um, this really kind of terrifyingly scary corridor uh, where, where I guess a bunch of businesses would, uh, it, you know, a bunch of stores in the mall would, would bring their garbage through to get them to the dumpsters, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a great shortcut to the um, to the food court, but it was like it was this dark and scary hallway, and it smelled terrible because of all the uh, trash and yeah, junk that yeah. got pulled through it, and uh, I always felt like I wasn't supposed to be in there, so I was like always kind of avoiding um the the irving mall security yeah yeah <laughs> um but 
it's just I don't know it's just this like really funny little moment that uh, just makes it more real that's one yeah. of the things about this movie I think that, that makes people love it so much is that it just seems so so that's true to life yeah, yeah no, it's totally the way things are yeah um, you know even even in uh, you know a glass of comfort comfortable living you know there's still just some shit that that just isn't right and doesn't belong and it makes you feel dead. So I'm telling you guys, drink and steal. Well, or be a be a good employee and No, fuck that noise. Be a good employee, but then trick everybody. Be the devil in disguise. Ooh. Don't get caught is what you're saying. You're no, saying. definitely don't get hey, but if you're a bad motherfucker, you won't get caught. And just blame Mike if you do. Yeah, trust me. Nothing's gonna happen <laughs> to me. <laughs> Nothing's gonna happen to me, guys. No. Come on. Hey, y'all want some espresso at work? Go ahead and pull it. Just say it was me. And I'll say, yeah, that was me for the sixth time today. I want that sixth shot. It's mine. So, uh... Anyway, um, fuck. Peter meeting the consultants. Yeah, these consultants are there because they're going to interview everybody at work, basically about the job that they do. Now, Wazowski, or whatever his name was, is upset because he might believe a little bit that his job could, you know, appear a little bit useless because what he does is he basically, he's in customer service. He deals with the customers so that the engineers don't have to. Apparently, the engineers... Take the specifications Here it is. customers and you bring them down to the software engineers. Yes, y- yes, that's, that's right. Well, then I just have to ask... Why couldn't the customers just take them directly to the, to the software people, huh? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, because engineers are not good at dealing with customers. Uh-huh. So you physically take the specs from the customer? Well, <laughs> no, my, my secretary does that, or the facts. Huh. So then you must physically bring them to the software people well no this guy yeah, knows I mean, how useless he sometimes. is sometimes uh, what what would you say you do here <laughs> well, look i already told you i deal with the goddamn customers so the engineers don't have to i have people skills i am good at dealing with people can't you understand it what the hell is wrong with you people <laughs> Yeah. He's not doing a great job at yeah. saving himself. So, so this is why this guy was upset that these two were coming in. And this their whole thing. They're going to go through the whole um, list of employees who are in a tech, interview them about what they do, and then ultimately decide whether they need to trim the fat or not. Or when, I'm sorry. They are going to be trimming the fat. Oh, yeah. They know they're that, that's, firing people. Yeah. Um but they're they're basically through these interviews going to decide who's getting cut and who isn't. So Tom Slidell, this is my associate Bob Porter. Hi, Bob. Bob. Oh wait, hold on. Go pause it. Grab a seat and join us for a so minute. so here here's Peter, and he's um this is him still in the state of bliss. Oh yes, he's he's, bliss. he's 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 like pushed over a wall in his cubicle. He's been playing Tetris all day. There are fish guts on the TBS reports. Oh, not yet. This is a uh, this is his first meeting with the Bobs. First meeting with the Bobs. Yeah, and oh. uh, he's you know he's a perfect Zen master. He walks in, um, 
he walks into to work at Inatech after he's just there to get his address book. He he tells Jennifer Aniston he's decided just not to go back to work. Yeah. yeah. She's like, Won't you get fired? He's like, uh, I guess maybe eventually, but uh I'm not gonna go. And so he goes in and uh Michael Bolton's like, Dude, where have you been? I heard you didn't come to work this weekend and he's he's all like flipping out, but like Peter's just like, I did nothing and it was great. And yep, uh sat on my he's ass like, You're supposed nothing. to be in a meeting with the Bobs right now and so he goes in. And this is my associate, Bob Porter. Hi, Bob. Bob, pretty much go ahead and grab a seat and join us for a minute. You see, what we're actually trying to do here is we're just, we're trying to get a feel for how people spend their day at work. So if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door, that way Lumberg can't see me. <laughs> and uh, after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Tell him uh, space out? Uh, yeah, I just stare at my desk. <laughs> but it looks like I'm working. I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. I'd say oh, in a man. given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, <laughs> actual work. Oh, been there, buddy. Uh, Peter, would you? Been there. Be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something about TPS reports. TPS uh, The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. Don't, don't care? It's a problem of motivation, all right? Now, if I work my ass off and Initech ships a few extra units, I don't see another dime. So where's the motivation? Now here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation, is not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job. But you know, Bob, that'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Would you bear with me for just a second, please? Okay. What if, and believe me, this is so hypothetical. <laughs> but what if you were offered some kind of a stock option equity sharing program? Would that do anything for you? I don't know, I guess. Listen, I'm going to go. Uh, it's been really nice talking to both of you guys. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, the pleasure's all on this side yeah. of the table, trust me. Good luck with your layoffs, all right? I hope your firings go really well. Excellent. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yep. So he uh, he goes in, not caring at all, and is completely honest with them. And you can tell by their reactions that nobody has ever talked to them this way. And they end up loving it, loving Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, how could you not? It, yeah, I mean, I, it's just, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I have actually listened back to a couple of our episodes and realized that I'm at times a terrible communicator. I will say things like, well, I don't know. I mean, God, I just, I, and, and there are all these stupid fucking spaces and pauses <laughs> and it sounds terrible. So I'd like to apologize, ladies and gentlemen, your host ain't got the most sometimes. And, uh. Well, there it is. There it goes. And uh, we could go ahead and demote you to co-host. Nope, I will not be demoted because 
here's the thing. Here's the kicker. I was just honest about it. And so, therefore, through my honesty, I will promote myself to CEFO. I don't know what that Host means. of the show. CEFO is like... There it is again. Space and... With nothing to say. I ain't got a fucking thing to say. Yeah, Peter Givens. Awesome. Honesty. I'm broke. Uh-oh. My feet hurt. Oh, shit. Inside the mind of a carjacker. And that bitch is slipping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all want to know what song this is and what the, the part in the movie? <laughs> Damn. This is when they do... And, folks, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I was talking about earlier, doing... Stealing, drinking, doing some illegal shit at work, let this be your vibe when you decide to take that action of freedom and rebellion. Damn, I'm such a Yeah. Take that sip. Don't get fucked up now. You don't want to get caught. You just want to get a little bit slippy. Just get slippy at work. That way, yeah. You see how you see how your coworker loves that pen? That's their favorite pen. Take that fucking pen. You know how. Yeah. Wait till they go and take a shit. Walk over to that desk, grab that motherfucker, and put it in your bitch ass pocket because it's yours now. So what is going on at this point in the film, Mike? Yeah, so anyway, uh, this is when they've decided to take action and uh, go through Michael Bolton's plans for installing a software glitch that's going to take an extremely small amount of money. They, they steal the plot from Spy, uh, I Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3. 3. Oh, Superman. Superman 3. Superman 3, yeah. There we go. So basically, it starts off with like a fraction of a cent, right? Taken from payroll altogether, right? Yeah, and like then every single transaction that the company makes because it's on these computers, it's it's got these fractions of a cent remainders. Mm-hmm. So it takes those, that. yeah, so it takes those and basically puts them in an account. It starts off very small, but over the course of time, after it compounds... It turns into a lot of money. Uh, it should take, what, like a year? Yeah, he said after... Uh, I don't remember exactly, but yeah, over the, a, a long course of time, it should build up a substantial sum yeah, like of money. 300 grand or something. But here's the problem. Oh, well, I won't tell you the problem, but this is basically the song that's playing... It's on a disc. They're passing a three and a half inch floppy disc. Floppy disc, yeah. Michael's got to, uh, he puts it on there, and then uh, Peter Givens installs it. And it's all in slow motion, and they have, like, these intense expressions on their faces. Yeah. And uh, And they're all, like, handing it, like, backwards on their backs. I don't I can't really explain it. It's but really anyway, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a great sequence. It's a great and, um, So now imagine your sequence at work, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine oh that boy. flask in your jacket in your back pocket, your co-worker's shit stuffed by your penis Mike, as you steal You are going to convince people to commit crimes. I want them to be free, Adam. <laughs> I want them to be free. Hey, you're an anarchist. Ladies and gentlemen, embrace freedom. Yeah, it's great, though. You, you can tell, like, when... Uh, when Michael Bolton's explaining the plan, that he's just like this uh, this comic book nerd who got into computer programming and uh, like he's talking about Superman three. Like it, he, he even remarks like just kind of offhandedly, uh, underrated film really. 
<laughs> Dude, that guy's fucking awesome, man. I love he that guy. Great. He's he might be my favorite character. I don't know though. Um, let's see. Is this but nice? but eventually, what's what is this? Oh yeah. So this is now after they install that uh, virus on their last day. Peter gets them a going away present. What is that going away gift? PC load letter. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, there is an absentee printer that won't fucking work. It jams. The ink spits all over. It doesn't print things right. Chews up, it chews up papers. paper left and right. It doesn't fucking work, and no one will fix it. And you know what? It doesn't get a chance to get fixed. There is no redemption for this printer. Peter Givens steals this printer. They take it to an open field, and they beat the shit printer to fucking death. Yeah. So again, we have the Ghetto Boys here. Ghetto Boys. But still... Now, this is one of the most evil motherfucking tracks I've ever goddamn heard. Yeah. Continue to steal and drink at work, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I don't think we ever said that the last song we listened to was Ice Cube with Down for Whatever. I, 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 I think it's something in the water, man. It's got to be in the water. What the fuck was that? I think there's something in the water, man. There's gotta be something in the water. Man, that that is some sinister shit. I uh, I'm picking up a lot of profanity. Are you noticing this as these, well? These these brothers are angry. Something has upset them greatly, and they are trying to take uh, uh, immediate action, permanent immediate action on whoever has wronged them. I just can't. You, you hear this song and you see them. You see Michael Bolton attack it with his fists. Yeah, he starts punching the printer with his bare fists. And Peter and Samir grab him, and pull him back, and he like calms down a little bit. But then he rushes back toward it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Picking look on out. his face too. It's like this like incredibly satisfied, like smi- like this crazy <laughs> maniacal <laughs> smile with his mouth open. Uh, it was just it was, for a, yeah. It was awesome. That was such a great scene. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, is that the best scene from the movie? Is that like the most famous and well known? Uh, it probably yeah. It should be if it's not. Where they destroy the printer? Yeah. I mean, you ever the, seen? Um, you know the I think it was like Windows XP desktop background that was just like a a green grass field with a blue sky i saw somebody edit that and it it, you know it it went around i've seen it in offices uh where peter samir and michael are all standing around the printer with a baseball bat (laughs) just looking down at it superimposed on that famous windows xp background oh that's awesome yeah i might put that up on my computer at work tomorrow. yeah do that yeah and and have a little drink while you're well, while you're putting it up. A drink of what? Uh, whatever makes you feel Perrier? like an outlaw. Perrier. Yeah, Perrier. All right. Yeah. <laughs> go go right ahead. 
Every yeah yeah, I I agree. I agree. Right, I want to find another clip you, here. You know what? You know what, folks. Admittedly, we didn't really have much a plan for this episode. Much of a plan. We're we're really kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. Just kind of talking about office space. We prepped a little bit, but not really. What are you playing now, Adam? Okay, so the uh, the plan works. Plan works, but it works far too well. Ooh, Michael. Bolton oh, has uh, probably put a decimal in the wrong place in his code. Yep. And Peter goes to check the account, and there is $300,000. Yeah, they're not supposed to have that until much later. And so they freak out, and uh, they, they start to get nervous about what's going to happen to them when they're um, what was supposed to be a long siphoning of fractions of a cent becomes a huge embezzlement in a matter of hours. What were we thinking? You know what I can't figure out? How is it that all these stupid Neanderthal mafia guys can be so good at crime and smart guys like us can suck so badly at it? We're new to it, though. If we had more experience... <laughs> you know what I think? I think we're screwed. I think there's enough evidence all over that building to link us to this. Even if we could launder money, I wouldn't want to. What we've done is bad enough. We get caught laundering money, we're not going to White Collar Resort Prison. No, no, no. We're going to federal pound me in the ass prison. I, I don't want to go to any prison. Why the hell did I do this? I've never done anything wrong in my whole life. We weren't thinking clearly because you told us we were losing our jobs. And now look at us, we're, we're worried about going in a prison. Don't worry about it, I'll think of something. I'm going home. Me too. You are a very bad person, Peter. <laughs> oh, that fucking sucks. So. Yep. There. And then he asks uh, his neighbor. Oh, it doesn't show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, it, I can play it. It's just. Uh, here we go. He bangs on the wall. Lawrence, you awake? Yeah. You want to come over? No thanks, man. I don't want you fucking up my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you fucking up my life, too, man. That's through the law. No you thanks, don't even man. see Lawrence there. <laughs> no thanks, man. I don't want you fucking up my life. <laughs> he, like, kind of says it. Oh Sounds kind of like your dad. <laughs> it does sound like my dad. Uh <sighs> Uh, so, yeah. That's fucking hilarious, dude. That is really funny. Well, eventually, um, Peter decides that he is going to uh, take the whole fall. He doesn't want Peter or he doesn't want Michael and Samir to get in trouble. And uh, yeah. he writes a letter, gets, uh, I guess, some sort of cashier's checks out of the bank, and uh, slips it under Lumberg's, Lumberg's door. And uh, late at night, he goes into Inatech to do this. And mm -hmm. uh, right after he slips under the door and walks away, he, he rushes back at the door and tries to get the letter out with his fingertips, but he cannot reach it. Yeah. But um, meanwhile, after while, while, while all this is going on, Milton Wadhams, played by Stephen Root, he's just this kind of uh, bumbling, um, dorky accountant kind of guy 
who is just constantly flustered and uh, mumbling. He has uh, stopped receiving his paychecks because of a glitch. He was he was technically laid off, but nobody ever told him about it, and he kept receiving his paycheck. I guess because he kept coming in and clocking in and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they fixed that glitch and never tell him he's fired. And uh, he, he gets more and more frustrated about not receiving his paycheck, but continues to come into work, even after they move his desk down into storage B. And there's trash on the desk. And, uh, and oh, he, yeah. he's trying to find Lumberg to talk to him. And uh, his secretary tells him to go away. He's not there. And so he he meanders into um, Lumberg's office. Eventually, we we see then that Peter could have opened the door and picked that letter up, because it was not locked. He didn't even try. And uh, I believe what happens next is he finds Peter's letter, the the cashier's checks, the money, mm-hmm. and uh, takes it for himself and comes true on his promises which he, he was constantly mumbling. Everybody heard, but I don't think many people realized what he was saying. He was going to burn the building down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Peter goes in to face the music, believes himself to be going to prison, and uh, arrives at Inatech to see it up in flames and Milton walking away as uh, casually as Milton Wadhams can do. Yeah. And, uh, it's gets, awesome. You know, gets off scot-free. Yeah. It's beautiful American dream kind of story, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, he, well, he moves to, like, somewhere in Latin America. Yeah, it shows him, like, uh, on some resort complaining to some server about his... Uh, Always complaining to his a fucking server. He, yeah. he, he mumbles under his breath, threats to put strychnine in the guacamole. <laughs> that is fucked up, Milton. I mean, seriously. Damn. But, I mean, hey, you know. His threats made him rich. Well, kind of. I don't. Well, actually, yeah. If it, you could take that kind of money and move to somewhere in Latin America and get you a place for like twenty grand or something. Oh yeah. Have you ever? Uh, have you watched Mike Judge's other movies? Idiocracy. Extract. No. No? Uh, I think you'd like both of them. Idiocracy is kind of like zany and off the wall. and uh, Yeah. There's time travel and stuff like that. Uh, but, with um, uh, Luke Wilson? Yes. Yes. And um, then Extract has Jason Bateman. Oh, really? Uh, from Rust Development. Nice. And uh, it... I don't know. It, it kind of gives me similar... Uh, vibes as office space. Yeah. But yeah. So what's your uh, what's your overall consensus? How would you wrap up office space, Mike? Um, it's just easy. It's easy to watch. Easy, easy, like good quality entertainment. The writing is really simple and just uh-huh. precise and brilliant. I mean, you know, there's nothing like crazy stellar fireworks about it, but it's just so, it's just so simple that I've seen it so many times. If it were on TV, I'd I'd probably just fucking sit and watch it. The whole thing, too. 
And it's so short. It's it like, really isn't very long. Yeah, it's easy to digest. It goes by really quick. And uh, I don't know. It's like you said. There's nothing big and flashy about it. It's it takes its time and it's pretty simple. Yeah. But it's a really good comedy. Yeah. It's kind and of, yeah. It's just enduring, you know. It reminds me of how I feel about like the Sandlot. Um But yeah, Office Space. I wanted to say, you know, you brought It'll, up Don Carpenter earlier. Uh-huh. One of my earliest uh, associations with this movie was um, you know, I used to work with Don Carpenter at the mall. and um, Yeah, the opinion store. Yes, the opinion store. And one time he, he gave me a ride home, and he was playing the Office Space soundtrack. And I was like, man, I, I didn't know that you even liked rap music. And he's like, well, I mean, it's, it's the Office Space soundtrack. And I was like, oh, yeah. But, you know, it was like, yeah, it was just funny to see him, this tall, lanky, white guy, Driving his white Cadillac with yeah, this yeah. this music playing, just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, Don. I mean, Don wasn't, you know, a huge fan of hip hop, but you know, Office Space is awesome. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know. There I go again, not knowing. What not to say, not knowing. Um, it's just you know, it, it's a movie that allows everybody to be the hero, and we find the hero within ourselves, you know, in the mundane and and you know the shit that we deal with, and we realize that, you know, we belong. Hey, Peter. Yeah. Watch out for your cornhole, bud. Okay, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line. That's the line. Um, yeah, no. Uh, well, what about what? What about you, Adam? Same question. Well, I just recently watched this movie, and like you said, it, it's an easy watch, and uh, it it holds up incredibly well. I there's a lot of outdated technology and stuff. I mean, they're prepping for the year two thousand switch yeah. in a tech, mm-hmm. but despite that, it seems sort of timeless in the the struggles that they're having at their jobs and um it i believe deserves its its cult classic status and like you said it's kind of grown beyond that um most people are pretty familiar with this movie i think and uh I recommend it to anybody. I mean, anybody who's listened this far into this podcast has had the entire movie completely spoiled if they haven't already seen it. So yeah, they might as well watch it at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. You know, you know what's going to happen, but just enjoy. It. That's the thing too. Um, that just it's it's like a gosh, I, it's in my head and I see it in my mind. I envision it. And my psyche, but I just can't find the words. So I won't even try. Mm. But I mean, no, it's great. It's yeah. great. Great thing. You know, it's not like one of those bombastic things where if you see the end, you absolutely cannot watch it and you cannot go on the journey because the journey is spoiled. Um, but 
it's almost as if like, well, it's kind of like revisiting your, your own self from time to time or people that you know or people that are close to you. So it's a celebration of, you know, the day to day. And there really aren't a lot of things that celebrate that as the thing. There just aren't. Yeah. And this is one of the finer examples of that. Celebrating mundane, the mundane. Yeah, day, the day to day. And so that's that's what makes it so special. But um Well, this was yeah, a kind this, of a different episode for us. It huh? was, yeah. We we yeah. were we, we kind of just kinda of did it. We played a bunch of movie clips. Yeah. We didn't play a bunch of songs. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. No, and there's so many other things that we didn't get into, folks. That I don't think we should. I think I think if you haven't seen it, you should just watch it. There yeah, are we little didn't even tiny talk about things. the flare. We didn't talk about the flare. We didn't talk about the stapler. You know, the Nazis had little pieces of flare that they made the Jews wear. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And there's also she's like, "What line. are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, he had a point. Thank you, Peter. Um. Oh man, I you know, and the thing about it too is, I guess Peter slowly did start to leave the state of Zen. Yeah, he he did begin to you know I become normal again when he. Yeah, I know. Pretty much the exact moment that happened was when he found out that Samir and Michael were getting laid off. He snapped out of it then because just before that meeting with the bobs he is sitting at his desk with the cubicle wall knocked over uh-huh. playing tetris on his computer when lumberg comes up to him and is uh trying to talk to him about something and he just completely brushes him off he's like that. eating cheetos yeah yeah like <laughs> just not caring at all and uh then he goes into that meeting he finds out that they're getting laid off and he's getting promoted yeah and uh that's when he he snaps out of it and decides to um, recruit Samir and Michael to upload the virus and rip off an attack. So yeah, yeah, uh, that was it. You're right. You're right. Well, that's great, man. Um, yeah this this has been the episode, the Office Space episode. Perhaps yes. our lackluster. Um, attitude towards it is kind you know, of. You know, l- l- let me show you how a host would do this right now. I'm gonna give you your your shot here. Here, here. You can. I'm gonna pass the baton to you for a second. So it's fucking like make, make the use oh. of it. Here, here. Okay, thank here you it is. very much. I've got the make baton. the you know make good use of it because I'm getting that motherfucker back. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been our 1990 what tribute to the movie Office Space, a Mike Judge classic. We thank you for listening. We encourage you. To go and check out our Apple and Spotify playlist, the mixtape, and listen to what we consider to be some of the greatest, maybe forgotten, hits of the 1990s. We also encourage you to find us on Twitter and Instagram, interact with us, reach out, let us know what you hate about your job. Let us know what you steal from your job if you take Mike's terrible, terrible advice. And... We also encourage you to check out some of our friends, the Jet Podcast, Jake's Entertainment Talk, uh, Be Kind and Rewind Podcast, Rock Candy, Rock Solid, uh, and a host of other rock and roll podcasts we have shouted out many times in the past. Uh, The Throwback Podcast, Um, listen to Tune Styles, 
These are our uh, our best podcasting friends, and we encourage you to seek them out, especially our episode of Be Kind Rewind, because uh, it's a good one. And uh, to you, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. We thank you for um, loving the movie Office Space. And we say unto you, good night. That was pretty good, Adam. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> folks, uh, yeah, embrace your freedom. Steal, drink, <laughs> do some shit that's going to upset people. But make sure that you're a good employee, though, and that no one knows it's you. So it gets passed off to the person nobody likes. Mm. And working in business in every single industry that they're the people that people like and the people that nobody likes. And even if the people that nobody likes, you know, if they are good employees, they're always, you know, they're good to be there so that people just pass on all the terrible things. Oh, he fucking, we don't even like that person. Or he, she did it. That stupid bitch. Um, so, you know, if you are someone who is popular, people like you, take advantage, steal, uh, got to get ahead in this world. Yeah. Folks, um, believe in yourself, believe in each other, love yourselves, love each other, have a good attitude. I did not have a good attitude today and I will continuously try to be better about that because the people around me, especially the ones I work with, I love them dearly. I care about them very well. That's not actually true. There's only like maybe one or two people at work, maybe 3 or 4 or 5 that I truly love. Maybe and nine. Now, nah, it's nowhere near that fucking many. It's probably a good uh I don't even know. Um that I that I truly care about, respect and love, and they deserve better from me and they deserve more from me. And I am determined to I'd get better at it. Um, and uh, Adam is great at his job. He's been doing a fantastic job because he's a much better person. Oh, and, I would uh, not say that. Nah, man, you're kicking some serious motherfucking ass. And, uh, folks, yeah, no, um, th- thanks as always. Uh, we love you. Uh, we love this. Man, I was inside. I did not have a good day, but but I really do. Man, this show just does, man. Every single time, even when I come over and I'm like, I don't feel like doing it. I just didn't have that great of a day um i still feel like a lucky person who is happy and whenever we do this show man it just makes me happy so folks go out there find the thing that's going to lift you up no matter what because everybody deserves it and you all have something because you all deserve to be lifted up because you are all fucking special so get out there drink steal but do your fucking job from 1990 what good night